everyone. Welcome to the last chapter of Midnight Sun. My name is Paige. And I'm Emily. And we are both crepe paper decorations at the school dance. And honestly, we thought we looked pretty good until Bella and Edward rolled up and decided to roast the living heck out of us. And you're listening to Tuesdays Are for Twilight. Gang, gang, what's up? How's your week? Um, it's honestly, like, pretty slow, not gonna lie. Um, I had, uh, probably the worst wake-up this morning. Um, my second episode of sleep paralysis ever decided to just happen this morning. It was horrifying. What happened? Um, I was laying in bed, and, uh, I, I couldn't move. It felt like there was something on my chest, and it was like I was awake, and I was looking at my door, but I literally, like, could not move my body. And the first time, I had a really terrifying hallucination. Not hallucination, but, like, I saw something that sometimes happens when you're in sleep paralysis, and I heard it, too, which was really scary. I didn't see anything this time, but I kept trying to call to Tina because I knew that she was on the bed, but I couldn't, like, move my mouth or say anything. And I knew that, like, I was awake, but I physically couldn't move my body. That is terrifying. I'm so sorry that happened to you. It's okay. It was. It's so weird, like, when I, like, quote-unquote woke up, I, like, it was, like, completely back to normal, but my, like, it, I didn't have a sensation of waking up like you do when you're dreaming. Like, it, I, I could see everything exactly the same as I could before, but I suddenly could just move my body. That's so bizarre. Not to make light of the situation, but I tweeted this like two weeks ago and I still stand by it. I literally said, my sleep paralysis demon is just me telling myself to order DoorDash. In the corner. (laughs) You want it. You know you want it. And you know what? Are you going to regret it? Probably not. (laughs) I don't know. I I still have not to this day ordered DoorDash. I'm pretty proud of myself. I, I'm, I'm a big proponent of ordering, but going to the location and picking it up myself, because then you don't have to pay the delivery fee, and I mean, you're still getting the food. I know a lot of people like having the food delivered. I guess I just don't mind leaving my house. It kind of, I, for me, it depends on, I guess, where the restaurant is, but I still don't mind driving. I like driving, so I don't like driving. I don't know why I'm, I, I just... I just, I'm cheap. That's it. That's the whole reason. Yeah, I was going to say, as soon as you said, I like driving, I was like, what? But agreed. Like, my mantra to my sister, because she always gets her food delivered, is I'm like, my legs aren't broken. I can walk my little self and save myself $8 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, I, like, I can bring a tip, like a cash tip if I go in person, where I know that that goes right to the people you know, feel better about it. Yeah, totally. Um, I just moved two days ago. We were recording this on a Thursday, which feels very bizarre. Um, this is now the third fucking quote-unquote studio I have recorded from because this is the second time I've moved while recording this podcast. So here we are. But uh, let me know how the acoustics are. I'm doing my best. I'm at my kitchen table. So I don't have a coffee table yet. Um, we're going to start a Kickstarter for me to get a coffee table. I'm just kidding. I'm sitting on the floor. <laughs> Paige is like, get a Kickstarter for me to get furniture. <laughs> I 
have furniture. I guess I just also don't have a table. And also, usually we record at night where everyone in the home is home versus, I mean, I guess I could have recorded anywhere today because it's the morning and everyone is at work and I am not at work. But I don't know. I just I like sitting on the floor. And that's true. I do like sitting on the floor. You can ask any of the people that I've lived with. I'm a floor dweller. <laughs> I do, too, normally. Um, I do like that you've been the steady presence throughout this and you have not moved at all. It's the same studio for you the whole time. It's just a different room now. True. True. There is that. All right. I got to ask, what do you think of the epilogue of Midnight Sun? My predictions, I think, were on point. Edward was really dramatic the whole time about leaving Bella, and this being the twilight of their relationship. (laughs) And also you got a little backstory about him, about all of them coming back to Forks after the the whole uh, incident with James. And I, uh, I just, I'm excited to get into New Moon. I'll, you know... It was it it is such a bummer reading and knowing that I I freaking bet this breakup is gonna happen like in the first or second chapter of New Moon. And it is so sad to me reading knowing that Bella is going to be broken up with like it and it this is this is me. I would rather you just break up with me rather than drag it out. And I know it would be really insensitive for you to do it after a horrible, uh, t- like a horrible attack, you know, a lot of recovery time. But as a reader, it just is really bumming me out. And I feel really bad for Bella knowing that it's going to happen. And she like, she can kind of sense that something is weird and like that something is going to happen, but she doesn't quite know it yet. And Edward keeps promising her, I'm going to be here forever. Yep, forever. Yep, I'm here. Don't worry about it, even though it's a lie. Yeah, I totally agree. And I'm the same way because... I feel like if I did get broken up with later, I would just look back on like the past however many months and be like, how long were they putting that off? You know, and then it sours all your memories. Yeah, you think everything that I thought was weird, I was right about that. So tragic. I guess we'll jump into this stupid shit. I'm sorry, that was me. (laughs) You guys, I am tired. I also forgot that Jacob shows up and this is definitely like, I guess I didn't, I mean, I knew that Jacob is going to come back in a powerful way in one of the books. And I guess I just didn't realize how fast that's going to be. Like in Twilight, I didn't realize that Edward is planning on breaking up with Bella soon. And so Jacob showing up, it's like, oh, right, I forgot about Jacob. But now that I know that this is kind of what was going on in the background the whole time, clearly Jacob showing up is foreshadowing of what's probably going to happen in the next book. Like him being there and being a main character way more than he was in this book. Okay, I like it. All right. So as Paige was saying, this chapter starts out with some backstory that we didn't get in Twilight because Twilight just does that time jump from the hospital to basically the dance, the day of the dance. Um, There's not a whole lot of new information here. It's just that, you know, Bella is healing. Alice is always around to help her. I'm assuming help her like get in the shower and stuff because he says like intimate things. Um, And Edward is just dreading breaking up with her the whole time, which I'm like, 
That's another thing. It's like, I, this is not related at all, but I'm going to go for it. It's like, when people cheat, I'm like, just fucking break up. Like, if you're that miserable, if you're that, I'm not getting this, I'm not getting that, then break up. It's not rocket science. Yeah, I, uh, one of my favorite podcasts to listen to is Last Podcast on the Left, and obviously they do a lot of true crime, and there's so many stories of people in relationships who are like, I don't want to be married to this person anymore, and then they kill their spouse. It's like, just get divorced. That's what they always say. They're like, you know what? If you get divorced, you don't have to kill anyone. That people still live and you can go have sex and be with whoever you want to be with. You don't have to kill someone. You don't have to cheat on them. There's a, there is a really great way to end a relationship and it's just ending a relationship. So Edward has to keep leaving the room because it turns out he's not like part of her fucking private medical attention that she needs. He can't be in the room every two seconds, which thank God somebody put their foot down on that shit. But um, he talks about how Renee is restless because she might lose her job that is available to her if she doesn't go home soon. So Bella convinces her to leave. Did we know that Renee was a teacher and I just deleted that from my brain? Because you're telling me this bitch is a teacher? She can't even be attentive to her own child, let alone a stranger's child. Right. I mean, to be fair, it does say substitute, but still, I'm like, it says long-term substitute. Honestly, I feel like she fits the bill for a substitute teacher. Like, I'm thinking back to the substitutes I've had, and they were just, like, an adult in the room. Like, that was it. That was their whole purpose of being there was, well, these kids can't be alone by themselves, you know? Like, someone's got to be here. I know they're not going to listen to me, but at least I can just be in the room. Yeah, it was literally, substitute teachers were literally capital J, just some guy, TM. Like, that's all they were. But long term is a little different, I have to be real. Yeah. I I feel like, I, I, I just can't picture her educating someone. Like, she, she just seems dumb to me. And I mean this, I, no disrespect. I just feel like she's got, like, maybe five brain cells. Yeah, I agree. So anyway, she leaves. Um, Edward makes sure to say about four different times that Charlie is placing the blame where it should be, a.k.a. on Edward. Which I'm like, me too, Charlie. But he doesn't obviously know the real story. But I'm like, I would do the same thing if I was Charlie. So he tries to get Alice and Bella to fly back together because he is instantly like taken with Alice and is really appreciative towards her and how she's been helping Bella. And then he wanted Carlisle and Edward to drive the Bella's truck back, which is so funny to me that they literally had to drive that just for the charade because remember Emmett drove it down. <laughs> it's so weird. Anyway. Um, but Carlisle puts the kavosh on that plan because he says that Alice and Edward have missed too much school, which really it's because Edward can't bear to be away from Bella, even though he's trying to break up with her. Fucking eight. Pick a side. I I low-key, when when Carlisle brought this up, I was like, oh, right. They're all in high school right now. I kind of forgot about that. (laughs) See? Um, that's funny. So they get back 
And then he says, we all settled into the new routine with minimal delays. Also, before I get to that, on the plane, Bella is sleeping and like saying Edward's name in her sleep. And this is a direct quote. It's at the bottom of page 636, top of page 637. She slept on the flight and quietly murmured my name in her dreams. It would have been so easy to ignore the past and allow myself to relive our one perfect day to stay in a time when the sound of my name on her lips didn't burn with guilt and omens. This is called Advice Corner with Emily. Relationship novice, not expert. But let me just give you some advice here, kids. If you look at your relationship and you only see one perfect day, one, it's time to break up. Not in two months. Now. I mean, I'm thinking perfect day. I can can think of maybe a few, but I would say a lot of my days are really, really good. You know, like a perfect day, I feel like is hard to achieve, but a really, really good day is good, too. You know, like. Yeah, yeah. I should have clarified that. I don't mean just perfect because that's pretty unattainable as Paige says, but like, I feel like the subtext here is like, we had literally one good day together in our relationship, even just good. And also I, their relationship really isn't that old either at this point. Like maybe like actually, okay. We're acknowledging that we both like each other. We're spending time together maybe like three weeks but I feel like the majority of their relationship is Edward in her room and she doesn't know or it's Edward knowing that he has this weird attraction to her and she thinks that he hates her I just don't think that they've really been together that long at this point agreed and while we're on the subject did we really need please hold 658 pages for three weeks of content no we didn't yeah i i was thinking last night knowing that we were going to record this episode some like things that i wanted to put out there and i remembered that friend of the pod emma she was thinking that she was going to maybe start reading midnight sun and i remember asking you what your thoughts of the book were to tell her. And you said, it's about 500 pages of Edward being dramatic. And I told Emma, and then later after she read about half, she's like, yep, that holds up. So true. I mean, don't get me wrong. This is a good book. We shit on it a lot. I do like it. It's the reason I wanted to start this podcast, but it is too long. You could realistically cut out about 200 pages and have the same story. How long is Breaking Dawn? I think it's shorter than this, but I would have to check. I'm blinking my eyes rapidly, like, <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> Not a whole lot shorter, but I do believe it's shorter. Somebody correct me. I'm sure I'll get tons of emails. Actually, it's 637 pages, so get your pack straight, Emily. <laughs> They'll be hitting me with the word count or whatever. <laughs> Okay, um, okay, so yeah, back to where we were. Yeah, they're settling into this routine, and then Bella's like, I don't know if I want to go back to school, like, I'm, I'm really behind, but also I don't want everyone staring at me, because at this point she's in a wheelchair with her broken leg, 
And Edward's like, I'll take care of it. So she goes back to school and then he literally just mean mugs anyone who looks at her, which is like kind of bullshit because they're probably looking at her like, oh my God, like I can't really say what I would be doing. But I feel like if I saw this now, I'd be like, that sucks, man. Like looking at her with like pity, which I know Bella would hate. But then all of a sudden her boyfriend's just like, I'm going to kill you with my eyeballs. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah, I... I mean, we're gonna, about to get into how the rumor mill turns because of this and, like, what people are saying. I mean, Edward would be giving people dirty looks, but my brain would be like, do you have something to do with this? Like, you're the only person she hangs out with. Like, what what really happened here? I want to know. Okay, true. If I had heard that she had fallen out of a hotel window, which is what people, what which is what the story is, I'd be like, what? Yeah, I'd be like, are you at a hotel, like, out of town, by yourself? I would think some, I would think there was some naughtiness about. See, I would think it was, like, more of a murderino thing, like, she got kidnapped. Yeah, I could see it. <laughs> so, anyways, what Paige was just alluding to is that Jessica takes hold of this narrative and makes it what she wants it to be, which I love her for. She basically tells people that they went together to Phoenix so that Edward could meet Bella's mom, who, by the way, wasn't there, but it's fine. <laughs> but my thing is, is, like, even if that was true, why were they in a hotel? Yeah, just go to her house. Like, I mean, maybe, maybe if you were driving and you needed to, to break halfway or something like that. But I gotta say, if I was in high school and I was going on a trip with my boyfriend so that he could meet my mom, she would 100% be like, absolutely not. You're not staying at a hotel with him. Like, that would not fucking happen. And with her dad being Charlie, I feel like he would be like, absolutely not. No way. I agree. And it's weird that I'm sure, like, with how small this town is, that the rumor mill gets back around to Charlie. And he probably hears that this is what people are saying. And it's weird that he doesn't, like, correct them. But maybe he's uncomfortable with saying, like, yeah, she actually told me she fucking hated me and that she was leaving. I, yeah. <laughs> so I guess it makes sense. Either way, also... They couldn't have broke, like, taken a break halfway because it's the hotel room was in Phoenix. People know this. I'm dumb. <laughs> no, you're not. I just wanted to clarify because I knew we would get emails about that, too. I'm just kidding. We don't even get that many emails. I don't know why I'm acting like that. That would be the only thing that, in my mind, would justify them being at a hotel together was if that was the scenario. It clearly isn't, but... If it was, that would make sense to me. Yeah. Either way, people buy it and it becomes the official story. Anyways, Edward makes a quick remark about how she becomes alienated from her former friends, but that she'll go back to normal after they leave, which I'm like, who's alienating her? You! And her. She's part of it, too, but I'm just saying. Yeah. I, this really bums me out because speaking from my own experience, I was in a relationship for a long time with someone and I spent a lot of time with him. And then, you know, I had my friends on the side 
And then we broke up and I just kind of figured that like, oh, well, I'll just go back to hanging out with my friends. But because I had spent so much time with exclusively him, it was really hard for me to go back to my old group of friends. And that was really, really hard for me for a long time. So I like kind of feel really like I don't think that that will necessarily be the case for Bella, but I feel like it would be hard for her to to reacclimate herself back with just her group of friends, you know, after being pretty much exclusively with him and his family for so long. Yeah. Edward's clinging to each second, and then the prom comes up. So Alice basically does it because she wants to give Bella a makeover, which mood. Um, Edward has this whole reasoning for why he wants to do it. What did you think about this? I feel like I'm going to say my opinion and it might get some hate. But I actually liked his reasoning. I thought that it was extremely fair. And I mean, Bella does make a point that like, even if he was, he was never even in Forks, didn't exist at all. She probably wouldn't have even gone in the first place like that. He doesn't want her to miss out. You know, she was like, well, I was going to miss out anyways. Like, it's not like. It's not like things would have been different had you not even been here. But I I do like that he's thinking, like, I want her to have experiences that everyone else would have. And, like, I don't want her to look back and regret missing anything because of me. I did actually really like that. I, I, I don't necessarily care for that Edward kind of is, like, butting himself into it. Like, well, I want to be a part of it, too. Like, I just, I want her to look back and remember her handsome date, too, and how much fun she had with him. But I do, I do like the idea that he just doesn't want her to miss out on opportunities of being just a normal high schooler. You know, I, I thought that that was nice of him. Yeah, you're not going to get hate from me, because I totally see where you're coming from on that. And... I also think the intentions are good, but it's dark. It's dark to me because it's like he doesn't know Bella at all. Almost is how I feel, because if he does go and break up with her, she's going to have like she's going to be sad about this. And his assumption is that she'll get over it one day. But I'm just like, what if she doesn't like you're making that decision for her? Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, like going back to the same person that I was in a relationship with, because things ended the way that they did, I feel like that colored my memories negatively, you know, just because they were like, they happened and they were good at the time doesn't mean that like, they're gonna, my opinion of them are gonna change as I like, reevaluate and look back at them with a different lens. Yeah. It's just dark and it makes me sad. Yeah, I do. I do like the idea of Bella being just a normal adult with a family and like remembering. I don't know. I just it was a nice concept for me because I don't know. I feel like that's not what's going to be the case in the end. I feel like there's way more pages to read about some the supernatural shit. And I I just can't see Bella being just a normal person through the whole thing. I don't know. Um, but it is just a nice concept that like maybe they're in some parallel universe. 
Bella doesn't get wrapped up in all of this and she can just live her life like a normal person and be happy. Yeah. You know what just occurred to me? We should maybe say what we're talking about. Do you want to say what like Edward's quote unquote vision is? Basically, he he thinks, you know, when Bella's an adult, she has her kids and her faceless spouse who he doesn't want to think about because that means that she's with someone else. Um, the kids are going to come up to her one day and be like, Mom, tell us about your prom. What was it like? And one memory or one version of it is that she has nothing to say like, oh, well, I didn't go and I have nothing to tell you about and that her kids are just like kind of disappointed and she's a little disappointed too that like she doesn't have any fun memories to share with them. And he wants that to be different he wants her to have this nice fun memory to look back on and share with her children about what a good time she had and how she had such a good time with her friends and her date really made her night and that you know that they can look forward to their own proms and that she has like just a nice memory to look back on basically about having a normal high school experience yeah yeah that's exactly it So long story short, they go to prom. Um, You know, they do the whole thing where Edward and Bella see each other and they're both like, or whatever. That's what I imagine their brain's doing. And then they get into the car. Edward is shook that he does, that Bella does not seem to know like where they're going, which he does say something about like the top secret posters in the school. (laughs) That was kind of funny. I can't I He does, every once in a while, Edward drops these quips where I'm like, Thank you. Someone is finally saying a normal thing that everyone else is thinking. At the bottom of page 644, so Bella says, you're taking me to the prom, she shouted. She really hadn't known. I didn't know what to do with that. What else could we be doing in formal attire and forks tonight? Just like, he's just like, what did you think was going to happen? I Like, what else, What was the other scenario? What could, what else could possibly be happening? And just the fact that he goes, I didn't know what to do with that. Like, what am I talking? He's like, is Bella dumb? I don't, I don't know. And speaking of, when he asks her finally, like, what did she think was going on? This is later, so I'm jumping ahead. But she's like, I thought you were going to change me. Paige and I have already talked about how idiotic this was when we read Twilight, so we won't rehash that whole conversation. But the whole Tyler thing happens. I have to be honest, there's a lot less like hullabaloo than I thought there was going to be about the Tyler thing because Edward's like, I don't have time for this, basically. Okay, but imagine what, imagine the road bump and road rage that would have occurred had it have been Mike Newton who showed up. True, Edward probably would have crashed the car. (laughs) So funny. Uh, Okay, so... Um, there's brief mention of Rosalie and how she is basically acting like Bella doesn't exist. And so Edward is acting like she doesn't exist. Like he just always ignores her, which is kind of sad. I want Rosalie to have a good time tonight. I want her to enjoy her prom with Emmett. Yeah. Well, remember how pretty Bella was saying her dress was? Edward doesn't mention any of the other's outfits, but I bet she did have a good time. (laughs) So finally they get there. The decorations are trying their best, but apparently that's not enough for some people. And um, 
Edward talks about how his siblings are really dancing and they're kind of showing off because it's one of their like few opportunities to do so because normally they just try to fit in. And then Bella throws a fit about dancing, but then he does the completely unrealistic thing of having her cast on top of his foot and then they dance and Bella decides that she actually does kind of enjoy it. I I forgot to mention this because I think it's brought up when they, when Edward goes over what she's wearing. But we also, I think, talked about this in Twilight when she is standing on his shoes. One, she's wearing stiletto or she's wearing a singular stiletto. She, apparently, she just fell out of a fucking window at a hotel. Who is bright, Alice? I'm sorry. That Was this your idea? This is not a good idea for Bella Swan. I'm sorry. But two... That stiletto on his shoe, that would hurt so bad. I mean, I know he's supernatural and is like made of stone or whatever, but one foot has a fucking cast on it and the other foot has a stiletto. Just not a, I don't, I hate it. I hate every bit of it. Me too. And he tries to say that it's just like her toes on his foot, but then I'm like, that means she would be leaning forward all night and her calves, her calves, they would hurt so bad. These are the things that you didn't think about, Stephanie. Get your back straight, Steph. <laughs> okay, so then Jacob shows up, and Edward is very irritated. Um, this is the bottom of 648. I felt the depth of rage that closed my throat. So the Quilliots were going to keep pushing, straining against the treaty they'd made, a treaty that did nothing but protect them. It was as if they couldn't be happy until we did kill someone. They wanted us to be monsters. So obviously, as we know, Jacob is there to give Bella Billy's warning about how she needs to break up with her boyfriend and they'll be watching. We'll be watching is the quote. Um, It's also funny, again, how Edward keeps complimenting Jacob in this and how he's like such a pure open mind. So such a relief to read. He's so honest. He knows who he is. All this shit. I'm like, okay. (laughs) When, um. On page 650, it's, I mean, it's talked about the whole time that Jacob is there, that he's much taller than he, than that people remember him being. And I think it's Bella asks him, like, how tall are you now? And he was like, I'm 6'2". I grew a couple inches, you know, in the past month. And at one point, Edward comments that he, he doesn't look like a child how he used to. And I'm like, I'm sorry, if he's 6'2 now, and he grew a couple inches. That means that he was like 5'10", maybe 5'9", 5'11". In what world is that a child? I'm sorry. That's still very tall for a person. You know, like, I'm five foot. So a 5'9 to 11 person is already quite tall. I, I just, I, I, do you know what a child looks like? I, it's just obviously clearly him putting Jacob down because... He has a crush on Bella, and he wants to belittle him in any way that he can. But I'm just like, I don't think child is the right word to have used. I fully agree. I have nothing to add. Yeah, and also a 6'2 high schooler? That's not real. That can't be real. It could be. My friend, or my sister had a friend in high school who was, like, almost seven feet tall. I'm not kidding. That's insane. Yeah. Tall people, man. I'm just kind of average and pages short, so here we are. <laughs> just to go back a little bit on page 649, um, Edward is on this whole rant to no one, to us, I guess. 
There was no way to avoid it. Like the first dance, better to get it out of the way, it being Jacob and Bella talking. I shouldn't let myself get angry. Did it really matter if that group group of toothless old men broke the treaty? It wouldn't change much, even if they paid for a billboard on the 101 that read, the local doctor and his children are, all caps, vampires. You have been warned. I just want to say, I want to see that billboard. I want to see the money that they pulled together and put this up. And it's like weird picture, like candid pictures of the Cullens from like 500 yards away. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> I love, I... I love the concept. It it makes me think of like rural America and all the crazy billboards that are out there. <laughs> yeah, same, same. And on a recent um, My Favorite Murder, they were talking about this gal who just bought herself a billboard in LA just to be like, hey, put me in your movies or whatever. And I, I don't know, it was just a very funny picture to me. Um, so Jacob and Bella have this talk the whole time. Jacob is like so uncomfortable. I do feel kind of bad for him, but he does want that money for his car. And he says that he has, he basically is like, I have a crush on Bella or whatever. And his internal thought is probably shouldn't have said that, but what the hell, nothing to lose. I'm like, that's big dick energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I I really enjoy Jacob as a character so far, and I'm excited to read more about him. Yeah. Um. So as we know, because we witnessed this from Bella's point of view, she doesn't really care about what, what he has to say. She gets kind of mad for a second because she finds out that Billy thought that Edward had something to do with her getting hurt. and But then she kind of just brushes it off and says, like, enjoy your car or whatever. And then um, Edward cuts back in and Jacob leaves. And then Edward's all in a bad mood and Bella's like, why are you mad at Jacob or whatever? And he's like, he tries to lighten the mood just being like, he says, so what is really bothering, this is on page 653, what's really bothering him is, it was what he represented that hurt me, someone good and kind and human, which I'm like, (laughs) you thought, there's that weird moment where Jacob is like, what fucking perfume is Bella wearing? What did you think about that? I, again, I, I mean, the same thing happens when he goes to her house. I think, I think Edward is there in the house or at least close by. I think that he's smelling Edward on her. Like, I think that he is smelling like the deadness of Edward or Bella's just stinky. That is very interesting. The deadness. I never thought of it like that. Hmm. Okay. Cool. Edward kind of blows off the situation by being like, he called you pretty, you're much more than beautiful, blah, blah, blah. And then Bella's like, why are we here? (laughs) Which I love for her. I love that she just like gets to the point. And he decides to take her outside so that he can explain in private. As they're going by, he mentions Angela and Ben staring blissfully into each other's eyes. My babies! (laughs) Having a really good time. I love them. (laughs) Um, So they go outside, and so he explains that he wanted her to go because he didn't want her to miss anything, and he wanted her to have all these human experiences, and that's when Bella says the thing that Paige mentioned earlier, which is like, I wouldn't have gone if you weren't here, so, um, and then Edward asks her, which I already went over, like, what did you think was going to happen, and she's like, I thought you were going to change me, and he is like, devastated by that remark but he like plays it off he says i chose to ignore the pain and focus on just the surface of her answer so he kind of teases her being like why would we wear these outfits which valid 
Um, and then he does have this kind of like short reflection, internal reflection, where he's like, uh, this is bottom of page 656. It was a strange kind of pain. There was no temptation in it at all. Though what she wanted was my perfect future, an erasure of decades with agony, decades of agony. It didn't appeal to me. I could never pay for my own happiness with the loss of hers. When I poured out my heart to her distant God, I begged for strength. This much he'd given me. I felt no desire at all to see Bella immortal. My only want, my only need was to have her life untouched by darkness, and that need consumed me. Do you think that justifies his behavior at all? I'm very curious on what you think. I think it justifies it in his head. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. I just, I have, I've I've had this issue f literally from the beginning of Twilight, and it's that if this is your prerogative and you don't want her hurt or like altered in any way, he should have just stayed away from the beginning. Like he was the one who was in her room and putting himself into her life in ways that he never had to do that. He chose to do that. And I think he escalated things in ways that Bella had no control over. So like, I'm sorry, Edward, but you kind of like already hecked everything up. So I, I just, it, nothing, it just doesn't justify it for me. Cause like, if that was really what he wanted, he had many months ago to change his behavior and he didn't. Yeah, I agree. I hate to say it, but it's like, it's too late for that now. So now what is the best? You know what I mean? And I don't know the answer to that. What is the best course of action for him? I don't know. Yeah, like I, like that's the issue is that like, we're here now. You can't take back the past. Like you're either going to have to deal, like you're going to have to deal with the issues and someone is going to get hurt and sad, maybe both people. But like, that's where we're at now. Like you can't, you can't do anything about it. The choices that you've made have led to this part in your life. So you're going to have to deal with the consequences because you made the choices. I mean, both of them made the choices, but Edward now has to make some additional choices that Bella doesn't really quite know about. Yeah. Yeah. Guess we'll see what happens next. And also in Twilight, like, I mean, I, like I said, I felt this way since Twilight that Edward kind of escalated things and that they are where they are because of him. And you made a point, which I, I 100% agree with that Bella did have agency in the situation as well, that she chose to stay and she knows the, like what some of the consequences could be to her wanting to be in this relationship. But now reading Midnight Sun and knowing all of the extra things that Edward did behind the scenes to get them to where they are, I'm like, I feel like Edward kind of is the guilt, like the guiltier party here. Like that first day when he realized that she smelled so good and that this was going to be an issue, like he 100% had the choice to just peace out for a bit you know like he didn't have to like escalate things to the level that he did he didn't have to go to her house every day he didn't have to spy on her like at that point she had no idea what was going on the the course that we've gotten to he could have easily diverted 
away. She never had to know anything about this. But because of what he did, it kind of, it brought them to this point, you know? I just feel like, like, Edward's frustration with, like, where they are because of, like, his actions are a little justified. Like, I, a little bit. Yeah, I agree with you. I totally agree with you. It does take two to tango, but I feel like he has more blame on his hands. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, like, like I said, Bella definitely, like, she has some accountability here. Like, she, she too could have been like, well, this is kind of a dangerous situation. I mean, he's supernatural. This doesn't really seem like it would work out. It's going to be a bummer for me, but I should probably stay away. She could have done that, too, and she didn't. So That's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we're pretty much at the end of this chapter. They just do that weird thing where Edward, like, pretends to go be changing her. My note for this, I'll show it to you. It literally says, yo, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Even though I knew it was coming, I still am like, what was the point? What was the point of this? Truly, what was the point? It, I think it was just to almost exacerbate the whole vampire thing. It just to re make sure you got in your head, Edward's a vampire. He's going for her throat right now. Like, it, I want to say it was like a little extra sexiness. I don't, I don't think that it's sexy, but I'm, I'm sure it was put in there just to be like, oh, you like vampires and humans? Well, this is for you. Yeah, you're right. It's totally for the sex appeal. That's funny. Um, yeah. So they kind of go back and forth. Like Bella says, I dream about being with you forever. Edward says, I will stay with you. And then has his little caveats in his brain, like an asshole. And then she says, I love you more than everything else in the world combined. And he says, that is enough for forever. Last sentence of the book. As the night finally overcame the end of the day, I leaned forward again and kissed the warm skin of her throat. Any thoughts on Midnight Sun that we did not get to? This is very minor, um, but it came up when Jacob was there. And I kind of never really thought about it until... Jacob started saying it too and I just thought it was very bizarre that everyone calls Billy Billy including Jacob and Bella like they don't like he doesn't call him dad he calls him Billy and Bella doesn't call him I mean Bella Bella has a different relationship with him like I know that we're like for people who I'm close with even when I was in high school like the people that I worked for, I could call them by their first names versus like Mr. and Mrs. Blah, 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 you know? And I know that Charlie and Billy go way back. So maybe that's the relationship that Bella has with him. But it's like everyone calls him Billy. No one calls him Mr. Black or this and that. And I don't know if maybe there's just like, it's just a cultural thing that I don't know about. Or it just, it just really weirded me out that Jacob called him Billy and not dad. And maybe there's something about their relationship that I don't know, but it just kind of, I was just like, oh, that's a little weird for me. Yeah, I'll be honest, I didn't even notice, but I did have a friend growing up who, from, I'm pretty sure from the womb, called her parents by her first name. So for me, it's not unheard of. It is a little weird, but it's not unheard of, you know? Yeah, I didn't know if there was just, if there was like something extra I didn't know about, or if it was just a choice that Stephanie made. Not that I know of, unless I forgot about something. 
Yeah, I mean, like you said, it's not unheard of. It's just not what I would do as a person. Like, my parents are always like, even even if they say that you can call them by their first names, you should still call them Mr. and Mrs. So-and-so, you know, just to be respectful. Unless it's someone that, like, you have a very close relationship with and, you know. Totally. Yeah, totally. Well, I know that we were talking about this basically the whole time, but do you have any other predictions for New Moon? I think there's going to be more fighting. I think it's going to be a little more action-packed. Like, this Twilight and Midnight Sun, I mean, really only have the one big fight scene. But I do know that there's a lot of action in the movies and such. I don't know when that will happen, but I think there will be a little more conflict going on. And also, if Edward... Or sorry, if Jacob is more of a recurring character and more of a love interest in New Moon, I think there's going to be way more Cullen on Black slash any of the other families involved um, in their treaty, the Quileutes. I think there's going to be a lot more of conflict between those two parties, you know? Okay. Who do you think is going to be the antagonist? The Cullens! I... Edward fucking Cullen. I don't know. I just, if, if Bella decides that she wants to spend more time with Jacob, I can 100% see Edward being like, well, I don't like that one bit. And then there being conflict because of that. All right. Anything else you want to throw out there for New Moon? Hmm. Hmm. Can I ask a question before I make any further claims? Yes. From Twilight to Breaking Dawn, what is the time frame? Like, how long do these books encompass? Let me think about this. Okay, so she shows up in, like, March, right? Yeah. So it's like a year and a half. April, June, July, September. Yeah, it's like a year and a half total. Maybe Bella will graduate from high school and New Moon. Maybe. She's a senior, right? Not a junior? This year she's a junior. Oh, then maybe not. Maybe she won't then. (laughs) Okay. All right. Some fun summer activities. I don't know. (laughs) They have a pool party. Yeah, you know, some swimming. Yeah. All right, folks. Well, that has been our coverage of Midnight Sun. Paige and I are going to take a much needed three weeks off because we have summer fun of our own to engage in. Um, So when you're hearing this, it'll be July 6th. We're going to put out our blooper reel from our coverage of Midnight Sun um, two weeks from when you're hearing this. So on July 20th. So we'll have nothing out the 13th and we'll have nothing out the 27th. We will be recording that day, but it'll come out a week later. So we will be back for our coverage with Midnight or with New Moon, not Midnight Sun, we're done, <laughs> on August 3rd. But keep an eye out for our blooper reel. Those are always fun for us to release. And, yeah, send us emails. Do what you always do. Paige, do you want to go over to socials? Sure. So you can follow us on Instagram at, and on Tumblr at Tuesdays Are for Twilight. Our Twitter is Taft Pod. 
Um, we love the memes on any of those platforms, the gifts, send them our way. You can email us at TuesdaysAreForTwilight at gmail.com with any questions, concerns, um, also memes, if you want to email some memes. Um, you can support our Patreon at patreon.com slash TuesdaysAreForTwilight. And also, we still encourage you to reach out and help support the Quillute Move to Higher Ground movement, which can be found at www.tuesdaysareforTwilight mthg.org Nailed it. Do you have anything else you want to add before we sign off? Edward Cullen, eat my shorts. <laughs> and not in a sexual way. Not in a sexual way. In a choke on this denim, I know you cannot even eat an apple, so have fun eating these shorts. We will see you all in a few weeks for a new moon. Bye, guys. Bye! Our amazing intro and outro music was performed by Danny Plowman and produced by Alberto Beltran. You can follow Danny at Danimal6, and that's six the word, not six the number, Danimal6 underscore on Instagram. Bye.